Eye of Newt and Toe of Frog, Wool of Bat and Tongue of Dog, Adder's Fork and Blind Worm's Sting, Lizard's Leg and the Owlet's Wing. For a charm of powerful trouble, like a hell broth, boil and bubble, double, double, toil and trouble, fire, burn, and cauldron, bubble. Hello, and welcome to episode 284 of Under the Cull of MS. This is going to be a Thursday episode, comics, MS, whatever. A little quote by William Shakespeare, which I'm sure people have heard before. And we are starting out with Batman, the long Halloween special from DC Comics. This was an interesting thing that popped up all of a sudden. We haven't seen anything with the long Halloween in, I think, since the early to mid-90s is when that came out, possibly. But in here we get to see... The Calendar Man and his uh, apprentices, these mind-controlled people with different months tattooed on their heads, walking around in robes, chanting little things. And we also get to see Robin and Batgirl go out and do some trick-or-treating, which... Personally, I think they're a little too old to go trick-or-treating. <laughs> and I get to see some stuff with Two-Face and Solomon Grundy in here. and A variety of other characters. But this is... I never read the complete Long Halloween uh, run. I read a, I have the complete run, but haven't read the whole thing yet. I've read a couple of the different months' issues. It's like it seemed like each one had a month and a holiday connected to it. And this, I like the way this went, but without knowing the complete story of the other one, it's kind of hard to depict where this came off of. I, I think you could re- read this easily without reading the Long Halloween uh, previous issues that came before this. And this does look like this could, down the road, come into some more stuff for that special. So if you like Batman the Long Halloween, pick up the Batman the Long Halloween special from DC Comics and check that out. Enjoyable, interesting. Get a little, little background, a little collaborations, team-ups, stuff like that. So check it out. And then we read Marvel Rising number zero. I may have read and talked about this before. It seemed like a different story to me, but I never know these things. This was like a freebie. I don't know if this was, doesn't say free comic book day on it, so I'm not really sure. It was just a random free issue or what. But we get to see a nice little story here that has Squirrel Girl and Kamala Khan taking the students. Well, Squirrel Girl's the teacher, Kamala Khan's the student. 
and a bunch of other students, and they went to this sciencey place. And when they got there, some AIM members showed up in their yellow suits, and they're trying to pull kids aside and scan them for some reason. And you got to find out why they're scanning them. Yeah, let's see what this person wants. Hello, telemarketer. You're on there with WKRB. What kind of scam you got going today? Huh? How you want to ruin someone's life? Come on, tell us. Uh, not going to talk. They don't like me. But they like calling, that's for damn sure. But yeah, Marvel Rising number zero. It's a freebie if you can find it. Uh, it was a fun little story. I only took up half the book with that and then a bunch of advertising after that. Then you get a little synopsis of some of the characters and the AIM group, what they're all about. And it's fun always seeing Kamala Khan and Squirrel Girl teaming up and see what happens. So check it out. Oh, this must be a lead up to digital shorts and animated film called Rising 2018. I'm guessing because that's on the bottom of the cover. So that's probably what it's promoting. Then we checked out Old Lady Harley. I got issue number one and two. These were interesting. I love how in the beginning, the first page, you get this whole synopsis with these like AI girls that are reporters named Cat Grant, and there's all kinds of different looking ones. And in this one, we get to see some stuff with the Condiment King. <laughs> just zombies and all that. And it's just, it's funny watching that little mind bending uh, first two pages. And then it goes into the story. It takes you, well, this one starts out back in the earlier times before Joker supposedly gets killed off. Harley destroyed everything around her friends and home and all that. And, just went off and tried to escape everything and all her troubles. But then it jumps to the now period, which is a, like a post-apocalyptic era with all kinds of weird creature tools and weaponry and interesting types of characters abound. And it's just, it's like, a cross between Mad Max and uh, the Warriors and Escape from L.A. It's like a combination of all those types of shows in here. Anyway. The one thing I got to say, just to get you into this book, Gaiju Gun. A gun that pre produces big-ass creatures <laughs> to attack people. Very interesting, to say the least. And then in the second one, we find out that 
there's uh, the Arkham Prism insane asylum thing. It's full of old criminals now just all running around half naked or fully naked and full of dementia and whatever else. And it's just funny seeing Harley get in there and deal with all the characters and not seeing her in so long and giving her a hard time and going over the whole thing with Joker being dead and all that stuff and giving her some hints that he might not be dead. So he just keeps bouncing back and forth. And then I came across a few... Three more unbelievable, the unbelievable Gwen Pools from Marvel Comics. Issue 5, 6, and 10, which I think I already talked about. One or two of these, but we get to see Gwen Pool and her little ghost buddy and what's going on with them and what they're trying to deal with after all the stuff happened with Modoc and Miles Morales his first meetup with Gwenpool and them two dealing with their hilarities their little identity issues and <clears throat> excuse me and their little games they play between each other and then Gwenpool tries to stop some things and help help Miles with the case and ends up getting in between Miles and the case and causing a bunch of problems with that and Miles gets his little attitude against Gwenpool then they had their little little tiffs with each other their little conflicts that's Lots of fun seeing those two just quibble back and forth and they don't get all serious like some of the older superheroes. But And then the, the number 10 one has basically a male Gwenpool army. Just a ton of males dressed in Gwenpool outfits. <laughs> that alone should sell this comic. But you get to see her dealing with some more troubles in the future with the alien squid people and her and her little posse or a bat rock in the game or working on trying to eliminate and eradicate the aliens. We also get the Doombot character in here it's a lot of fun and then you can't really give you too much out of them because I don't want to ruin all the storylines but they're still running off the storylines that we were talking about with the other issues we read I'm hoping these were filler issues and not any that I had but I will find out when I catalog them but I never remember what I did and didn't read. <laughs> Everything's new to me a, a week later after I've read it. So that's always a nice little 
thing from the MS. It's like I can rewatch shows, reread books, and it's all new to me. But the downfall is I can't remember the shit when I want to on pinpoint certain events and stuff like that and characters and all that. Then we uh we got Disney Plus now and vegging on the ESPN Plus with the hockey games, getting to watch the Colorado Avalanche play every game live now, which is nice. And ever since I got it, they've won every game. Which is a good thing, because before I got it, they were getting their asses whooped a lot. And then there's a new team out there, the Seattle Kraken. I don't remember them being in the league last year. I think it's kind of a weird name, Seattle Kraken. Seattle Crackheads, I don't know. I just I see too much parodies on that name. I wouldn't have called it that. But it's their choice. People pick on the Washington football team for not having a decent name, but they don't have enough brains to research the shit and realize that the Washington football team name is just there until 2023, and that's when they're going to announce the new name, or 2022, I mean. So next year, I believe, is when they announce the new name. But people still constantly, lots of podcasts I listen to and stuff, give them shit, and Reporters give them shit, but they just aren't getting the whole story and paying attention to what's actually going on. And then we checked out on Disney Plus. Uh, there was uh, Behind the Rides, I believe it was called, where it goes into how th- different rides were built and stuff like Space Mountain, the Haunted Mansion, uh Uh, it's a small world. <laughs> it's a small world. After all, that freaking song will never leave my brain. <laughs> uh, it's, it's just fun seeing all the rides because it's like when I went down there in 76, I believe it was. It's like Pirates of the Caribbean was closed, but they're re- doing some rework on it. Uh, the, the Disney Cruise was on its first leg, so I got to see the first runs of a lot of different rides. Space Mountain was on its first run, and it's just lots of fun things, just bringing back memories, showing you things, and they did one on the Hall of Presidents, one on uh, the mansions themselves, the castles, I think it's 10 different episodes of different rides and things. But yeah, it was a lot of fun checking that out, get, bringing back memories. Now I'm currently going through a bunch of old VHS and VHS tapes and trying to get some family films together and coming across some of those and ho- looking forward to coming across the trip to Disney World. And then we checked out uh, Muppets Haunted Mansion. That was a lot of fun. It's roughly an hour long. The Muppets, Gonzo, and uh, the little crab, or not crab, he'd be mad if I said that, King uh, King Spawn character, end up having some 
deal to spend a night in a haunt, haunted mansion and they do it and if you're in the haunted mansion there's gonna be a bunch of ghosts and they're trying to keep you there it's just fun watching all the ghostly characters come out do a bunch of little muppets uh, events they're just like the actual show and stuff coming out doing their little singing dance numbers and all that stuff but yeah that was a lot of fun checking that one out it's always nice to see a new muppets thing pop out here and there when you thought the muppets were over back in the 80s and they're still going strong bringing us new stuff to entertain us then the the thing i'm current me and the wife are currently working on is uh life below zero which has our favorite person sue akins on it uh they have a new show now where it's life below zero the next generation so we're checking this out and oh my god i don't know and i like it i i like watching them do their stuff in alaska but some of these characters i I want to go on one of the betting sites. I know the one betting site you can bet on just about anything. Every TV show, every sporting event, anything that's happening. Court cases, whatever. They got bets going on everything. And I just, the one couple, I see his wife leaving him before next winter. Uh, I don't see him making it on his own a second winner by himself because without her around to help him every time he falls down and has something land on him or screws up or has an issue, without her there to help him get lift stuff off him and stuff, he's just going to freeze to death and die out there. I don't. His dad originally built the cabin and his dad was smart enough to leave the Alaskan wilderness when he hit his thirties and here this kid comes to the Alaskan wilderness when he's in his thirties. So it's, it's just, I don't know. It's a lot of these characters. I'm curious how well they're going to do. It's like a, one guy's got a beautiful dog sled group, group of dogs, but uh, I, they're, I think they're mostly Malamutes. And he's says like he, when you listen to him talk, he's never done dog sledding and stuff before. He's doing decent with it, but I don't know. I think they're uh, they're a lot of high risk characters in this group, and I'm kind of curious what's going to happen in the long run. We're only about six, eight episodes in so far. I think there's two seasons in in the books on Disney Plus right now. So we'll keep keep vegging out on that one, but Life Below Zero, I we've enjoyed everything. I don't know if we've seen the last season yet. The Hailstone family is a tight family, which I figured they'd with this new new Life Below Zero crew, I you would think they'd have some of their family members in this show, but I haven't seen anything that said anything about a hailstone yet. And 
it's kind of surprising unless the kids were so sick of having the cameras around when they grew up that they don't want it in their adulthood. They just want to live their lives and enjoy it. But I'd like to know what's up with them. But there's a lot of other good characters in the original Life Below Zero show that have a lot more knowledge of what they're doing and what's going on. So it's interesting to watch them. The one guy, his wife left him and then he's still going, but I'm surprised he's made it as long as he did, but he is a strong worker and he knows what the hell he's doing. He does it right. It's a lot of work doing all that shit yourself. So, Especially in, when you got winter, like 90% of the year. But yeah, that's a Life Below Zero is a fun one series to check out. And now the new generation on top of it gives you a little bit more. So if you like that Alaskan wilderness feel and living in the country on your own type stuff, that'd be a good thing to check out. But other than that, I'm going to let this go here. In this segment, and then I'll come back with multiple sclerosis health segment right after this. Okay, we're back with some MS health stuff. You know how you see those flash-ups, all those main storylines that pop up on all the random web page servers and stuff like that? I got a... One that popped up the other day, which kind of irritated me because it says it was a report that I read that said myelin repair technology could be less than a decade away. And they're saying this because of some things that Dr. Aaron Booster mentioned during a a get together. I think it was in October. But like one of the things he talked about was many of the top researchers in the field feel like we're probably five years out, maybe less than 10 years out to start seeing something on myelin repair. But that doesn't mean shit. You're giving people high hopes because, you know, damn well, even if they come up with it 10 years down the road, it's going to be another 10 to 15 years of studies before we'll see it on the market if they do come out with something, but they still got to discover a way to make the myelin repair itself. And it's just, it's sad that they, they put these headlines out medically, medical headlines or anything that could affect someone's life or give them false hopes. And I just think that's so wrong, but what you going to do? But if you're, Trying to deal with work issues and stuff like that with MS. I got an article here that I was reading and they had some things to give you some ideas for your future, what to do and how to help you out. But people living with MS might give up their jobs without fully exploring how they can continue working. Vocational rehabilitation Services can help you explore your options and maybe stay employed. Uh, Along with vocational rehabilitation, physical therapy is good to keep your body going in between when you're not at work, in my opinion. 
because it's you want that paycheck as long as you can because living on social security is not a benefit you do not earn enough to survive a normal life you're basically living a medical life getting by paying for your prescriptions your doctor's appointments all that crap and hoping you got a little left over in the end the number of people with ms who wish they were still in the workforce is so high research shows that many people with ms are well educated and highly trained in their jobs when people are newly diagnosed they might juggle a lot of emotion information and advice from friends and family and hasty decisions are a big reason why so many people with ms who leave their jobs later have regrets a lot of times you don't have a choice you can have a major exasperation that puts you down for a while and you end up losing a job because of it or you end up giving up that job while you're laid up and then once you're feeling better you're like oh shit i should have waited tried it out tried to make it through it and see if you could last and find a way to get some changes done in your workforce so you can stay where you're at or change to something else that was related to it if the company helped you help set you up with something or who knows, but yeah, you can make the decision too quick and regret it. Many people with MS leave their jobs because of physical, mental, or emotional symptoms like ambulatory issues, fatigue, cognitive impairments, uh, gait issues, all that, and pain issues, and depression, anxiety. There's just all kinds of issues that can cause you to leave your job or want to leave your job or have to leave your job. Research shows that people with lower incomes and levels of education may have jobs that require more physical exertion and thus feel more pressure to quit before their physiological symptoms worsen. People who have a spouse who's working tend to leave their jobs more often than those who don't. People higher up on the job scale may have the flexibility and authority to adjust their schedules to accommodate their symptoms and keep their jobs. I mean, I worked very physical jobs the majority of my life. I didn't have that many light physical activity jobs other than like telemarketing sales, stuff like that, but everything else, farming, construction, welding, machining, building cars, motorcycles, whatever, uh, moving, working for moving companies, running semis, logging, uh, milling, and there's just so many jobs I've had over the years. I, one of these days, I'm going to get them all written down so I can see what I've all done, done over the years and what my overall time put in was since I basically started working on a 
regular basis at about eight years old and pretty much most of my life between school and work and work and work because I'd have two full-time jobs at a time a lot and stuff like that or the equivalency of and it's just yeah I definitely put my time in but if I would have known the outcome, if I would have known about MS, if doctors would have listened to me many, many, many years ago, I would have definitely changed my work, my line of work, and done what I could to physically last longer, even though towards the end I was running re- bars and restaurants when I lost everything and couldn't keep going. But, yeah, it's... Even many years before that, when I was working as as movers, when I woke up paralyzed from the neck down and dealt with all those issues and never found out answers for it and still think it could have been very well been MS, one of my major ex- exasperations over the years. But without being there at that day and time and researching it right, you can't really tell what's what and what happened, but. The doctors weren't finding nothing, no answers, so but something did it to me. It wasn't a ghost, so every state has a vocational rehab agency, often with multiple offices. The agencies have different names in different states, like the Office of Vocational Rehabilitation or the Department of Vocational Rehabilitation, but they fall under the same umbrella. The VR program is designed to help people with disabilities or chronic illnesses keep their jobs or find new jobs. Its services are extensive and many are free. If you're debating whether to continue working, your local VR office can help you with long-term planning. It can provide financial and benefits counseling and help you evaluate the psychological and social aspects of keeping or quitting your job. VR can offer specialized VR. I just, all I think of is virtual reality, not vocational rehabilitation every time I say that. Uh, It can offer specialized tests and assessments that identify workplace accommodations you may need for your specific MS symptoms now or later if you want to continue working. A counselor can work with your employer to implement those accommodations if you haven't revealed your diagnosis to your employee the vr programs can supply you with assistive technology devices tutors or other aids to reduce work barriers on your own vr also can provide services like work transportation or housing modifications that allow you to work at home If you're thinking about changing careers to a less demanding job, VR can help you identify transferable skills. It can hook you up with vocational training and education and help you identify and apply for a new job. And if you choose to stop working, VR can help help with volunteer opportunities or finding new activities and hobbies. (coughs) Excuse me. Uh, yeah, I mentioned multiple times that I just 
this year joined up, became a founding member of Patients Getting Paid with Kathy Regan Young. And that's a good organization to become part of if you're a, someone that wants to be a chronicpreneur, start your own business or get online business going, doing side jobs if you can, or whatever you need. And it's just nice having a group of people that can, of my like-minded individuals that can work on helping each other find things and figure out things to get your online presence done right and not getting hooked into a bunch of free programs that are just going to scam you or you're going to lose them down the road and then you'll lose all your backups and all your stuff you have. Drink for the chronic man, woman. Getting a little scratchy throat. But yeah, programs like that are nice if you want to look for ways to make money from home instead of having to be out in the workforce and have to worry about having issues, flare-ups, relapses, all that on the job. Essentially, anyone who has a physical or mental impairment that causes problems with working may be eligible for VR services. Requirements vary by state, but all you may need is a doctor's letter stating your impairment. People receiving Social Security income or disability insurance qualify automatically. Still, they need to show documentation of three three limitations to be eligible for this category of disability, along with stating the diagnosis and the prognosis. The provider is asked questions like how long their patient can sit, stand, or walk, what type of work task the patient can or cannot do, and whether the patient may have difficulty working more than 20 hours a week. And the thing is, if you are on Social Security or disability or whatever, you can earn a certain amount of money before they start taking away portions of your Social Security. Disability-wise, I don't think you can because then you'll lose your disability if you're able to work, I think. But I'm not sure. You'd have to look into that. You can buy find a VR program in your state by visiting askjan.org and researching state vocational rehabilitation agencies. The National Multiple Sclerosis Society has MS navigators who can also help find programs near you. You can reach them by calling 1-800-344-4867 or online at nationalmssociety.org slash navigator backslash or whatever. Uh... Heater's kicking in full force. I'm assuming you don't hear it because last year it didn't come up on the program, but I still mention it. There are MS navigators who specialize in benefits, employment, and health insurance-related needs. If you need those things, there are resources for job seekers and people who want to start their own businesses. You can search by disability limitation 
work-related function or accommodation needed. Whether you opt for an in-person or virtual VR counselor or a public or private VR program, employment experts say you can gain valuable tools to help make the best choices about your work life now and in the future. It's a, it's a lot easier when you have someone like a vocational rehabilitation uh, company to help you out and help you manage things. It's a lot harder when you're trying to do it on your own and you're having a bunch of cognitive issues and stuff like that. And then you got to try and you end up building something or setting something up and it doesn't go right. Then you're frustrated and you drop it, set it aside, don't get back to it and stuff like that. So definitely look into what you can. Think about it before you quit your job. Talk to your, to your medical crew see what they have to say, see how they can help and ways that they can kind of point you in the right direction and help you with things down the road if need be. Let's look at some self-care tips for fall and quarantine because it is fall, but it feels like winter here, but it's still partially fall, but Uh, soon you'll have no choice but to be cooped up indoors, worrying about winter storms or driving in the dark after five, which it already is. And it can cause a bunch of different pandemic anxieties and issues mentally and physically and things you want to watch out for are seasonal depression, clinically known as mate major depressive disorder with seasonal patterns and previously called seasonal affective disorder sad which is a type of depression that's related to the changing seasons it's typically more pronounced the further you live from the equator as well as for people who have a history of depression or bipolar disorder which i know in wisconsin bipolar issues are high Gotta watch out for pandemic mental health impacts, uh, along with major depression. Uh, you also gotta take into consideration all the anxiety. Uh, you can look into working with like a cognitive behavioral therapist. Uh, because isolation is just going to make symptoms worse. So if you can get out and talk to someone once in a while, that's a good thing. Self-care is important. Prioritize your mental health like, like you have never done before. Uh, start with the basics. This might sound obvious, but it can be tempting to let the essentials go when you're Feeling down or depressed, this is especially true during quarantine, when many of us are still working from home, and it's like we're looking at another quarantine the way it's looking because they're raising the numbers of the COVID crap again. So I have a feeling it's going to be another winter shutdown or whatever coming up. 
Is anyone going to notice if you stay in PJs all day? No. But will it make you feel better to change clothes every day? More than likely. Start simple. Get out of bed in the morning. Shower. Eat to fuel your body. And do one thing at a time. Ask yourself each day how you want to take care of yourself. You don't have to move mountains to engage in self-care. Anything can feel like you're moving mountains when you're depressed. Uh, Just clean yourself up. Dress up. Just get... And be comfortable. And it's... You're just going to feel better if you get yourself all up and going. It might help promote extra ambition to work on things to maybe give you something else to do in life to keep you active active and keep your mind going. Sleep is one of the first things mental health professionals and psychiatrists look at. Because problematic sleep can cause problems with energy, depression, anxiety, eating, stress, and more. It's also a contributing factor to seasonal depression. So focus on your sleep hygiene. Try waking up and going to bed at the same time every day. And make sure you're getting around 7 to 8 hours of sleep every night. Go to bed in a dark, relaxing room that isn't too warm or too cold. Leave electronic devices outside the bedroom or at least turn them off 30 minutes to an hour before bed. And try to avoid caffeine before bedtime also. Get some natural sunlight with shorter days. It's not as easy as it sounds depending on what your sleeping pattern is and stuff like that. But try to go outside at least once a day to get some natural light, even to quickly walk the dog or run down the street to drop off some mail. Or just just got to get out there, get a little fresh air every day. It doesn't hurt. Find time for exercise. Exercise doesn't necessarily mean an intense workout. Even just a short walk can have an impact on your mental health. So just do what you can that day if it's a mindful walk or some yoga or some weightlifting or whatever whatever you feel like doing cardiovascular work whatever your body will allow you to do even if it's something from bed bed yoga bed workouts chair workouts it's another spammer again they're just gonna keep calling I don't feel like keeping on answering. Just let it go to the answering machine. Find a quarantine safe hobby. Having an activity or hobby to look forward to is good for your mental health. If your favorite fall activities were hay bale rides, yoga classes, or eating out at restaurants, you may have to get creative, they say. I didn't know hay bale rides were a regular thing in fall. Figured just for like a Halloween get together or something. There are still ways to enjoy things you love without endangering your health. Maybe you can still go apple picking at a farm that limits entry. 
and has a mask mandate. If you enjoy yoga, look for an outdoor class. Individual hobbies are good too, like knitting, learning an art, joining a book club, doing puzzles, doing models, getting into artwork, and there's just drawing, painting, whatever. There's tons of different things you can try out, test the, test the waters, see if you enjoy them, or bring back something you used to do in the past and haven't done in a long time, and you might be happy you did and get back get right back into it. You never know. Can't hurt to try. It may be tempting to isolate yourself this fall, so make sure you check in with your loved ones through video chat, phone calls, or text if you need to. It's easier said than done, but it's important to remember that it's okay to ask for help if you're struggling. If you're experiencing seasonal depression, there are treatments such as light therapy available. You can also find a psychotherapist who can work with you to develop coping skills and strategies. But basically, if you're feeling down this fall, you're not alone. It's perfectly natural. Especially this year when so many of us are already experiencing a lot of stress. If you take time for a little self-care, it will help develop coping skills and long months ahead. It will be a lot easier if you have some hobbies and some things to do and keep your mind active and busy. Uh, And then they got some stuff here about... Not liking when people tell chronically ill people that it'll be fine, stay positive, everything's going to work out, it's all going to be good, they're going to fix it, they're going to come up with gears. It's just, that's not good advice for chronically ill people, just don't worry about our conditions, don't tell us what we you think we need to know uh it's i like this one person puts that others say to them it's no fun to talk to you when you're always complaining about your health while others remark to the person that their illnesses are too much to handle. It's like, you're not carrying the fucking burden. We are. So don't worry about how we feel. It's just, you gotta just take into consideration that we're going through shit. And you don't need to put your two cents in unless we ask for it. But if you are a person that's constantly mentioning your issues and your problems, then yeah, the people around you are going to bring it, bring things up because that's what you're talking about. So take that into consideration too. Be smart about what you talk about around people. If you don't want to hear those types of advice and things like that. Yeah. I don't know. I just don't deal with people telling me things. I just not good at it. It just irritates me. If you don't have what I have, don't bother. It's like I got some answers from the dentist now. Apparently, that 
dentist wants to see me, but can't take care of me. In the office I was going to, so now I gotta go further down towards Milwaukee, so to a new office, see a new person. It's like my three months are gonna run out real quick to get these teeth fixed before anything gets done, but can only do so much to try and make it work. But let's end it with a couple weird facts. Let's see what we got here. Hold the book right. An old saying says, if you don't hurt a bee, it won't hurt you. This is probably true, but hurting a bee may be easier than you think. Scientist Norman Gray says bees are bothered by a certain gas that comes from people's mouth when they breathe. One whiff of this gas can make bees angry enough to sting. So if you find yourself near a beehive, hold your breath, especially if you got stinky breath. Can't blame them for being pissed. You're throwing a big giant cloud of nastiness right in covering their whole body. It's like I'd sting you too. In many dictionaries, the very first word is aardvark. An aardvark is an animal that eats ants. Recently, a scientist discovered a new kind of insect. He decided to call it Zyzva. Z-Y-Z-Z-Y-V-A. So now, in many different, in many dictionaries, animal names are the first and last words. Yeah, he did that just to sneak that in there. Pretty smart idea. It's like these people naming all the planets and stuff like that that they're finding. It's like some are really strange and weird and like numbers and letters and then some some people do fun, interesting things with it. So But that's good for today. That's our show. Our show. You're not I know you're not watching us. You're listening to us. Me. Us. I keep saying us. <laughs> uh, but hope you enjoyed it. But be good to yourself. Be good to everybody else. Take care of the monster. Check out Crimson Cull Comic Club. Check out Under the Cull. Check out Under the Cull of MS continuously. Go to check out back issues. Eventually we're going to have to start dumping some back issues. But... Hope you enjoyed everything, and hopefully we can get back to you again soon.